Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased that you are here this week. Thank you for listening. Happy Hobo Day week to everyone. Hobo Day week or is it just Hobo Day. Regardless, it well, it is Hobo Day. Uh, big, big week coming up here for SDSU football, taking on Northern Iowa in the Hobo Day game. 2 p.m. is the kickoff at Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in Brookings. Uh, last week, I think there were plenty of questions about how the Jackrabbits would respond uh, after they for all intents and purposes, failed to show up against Youngstown State. It was a quite, uh, I don't necessarily say an embarrassing loss, but uh, it was not a good loss. Uh, maybe it was an eye-opening loss for them, and they took it out on the Salukis of Southern Illinois, beating them 49-14. to It was 35 to nothing at half, and... In reading some of the things, Brady Mangarelli uh, during the week said, hey, this running game has got to get going. The rushing attack must start somehow. And he uh, definitely contributed and you know he backed up his words with a 220 yard performance it had a couple of touchdowns and these weren't the you know long runs these were like 10 12 30 yards i mean he was running it like crazy and i mean that takes a lot of pressure off Taron Christian who finished with 216 yards for the year. It's interesting, though, that Jake Wenicke and Dallas Goddard, um, not getting a lot of targets, they're both dealing with injuries. They actually didn't play a whole lot in this game, so Skyler Cavanaugh finished as the team's leading receiver with 53 yards. Certainly the injuries to Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicke are concerning to this high-powered offense. Uh, we will uh, speak with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader here and I'll certainly, uh, later on in this podcast, and I will ask him about the injuries there, uh, just in terms of how severe they are. But Wenicke did come back. He scored a touchdown, but it was 35 to nothing at the end of the first half. I mean, Southern Illinois was outplayed in this game all the way through, uh, and it was just an excellent game for the Jacks because it's a huge bounce back win for them. And you take a look, you know, at the team stats, 35 to 15. I mean, this was almost vice versa to what Youngstown State did to SDSU. 17 rushing to five first downs. Uh, total net rushing, 368 rushing yards for the Jacks. 84 for Southern Illinois. They beat them in the passing game still, 216 to 179. I mean, yeah, uh, Taron threw one interception. That's not great. but And they lost one fumble, but overall 584 yards of offense. Uh, just outstanding. And I'm telling you right now, maybe that was what... And look at the time of possession. It just flipped from the previous week against Youngstown State. 41 minutes and 30 seconds for the Jacks uh, compared to the 18 minutes and 30 seconds that Southern Illinois got. That absolutely flipped around. Uh, And that's what you want to see because we know what the Jacks are capable of. And they don't even have a a fully healthy Jake Wenicke or Dallas Goddard yet. That's That's the thing of it all. If Goddard, you know, we're praying that Goddard can stay healthy. We're praying that Wenicke can stay healthy and really take off here because, of course, it would help their draft stock, of course, which is something I'm looking at. But overall, it makes this team so much dangerous, so dangerous. But the fact that 
Brady Mangarelli finally put together a good rushing game. Isaac Wallace, uh, Mikey Daniel. I mean, the, the, the whole group of them did very well. That's what the Jackrabbits need. Another element to the offense that makes it more difficult for opposing defenses to maybe double-team Goddard or double-team Wenneke. You can't I mean, now you won't. Do you want to put seven or eight in the box and then have one on one coverage outside with Wenneke? I don't think any team wants that. So, this has got to hopefully be a more a, a consistent effort. Uh, and this hopefully was the first sign of that. They get Northern Iowa this weekend. Northern Iowa isn't nearly as good as they have been in previous years. But that's not to say that Northern Iowa can't go into uh, Brookings or and beat the Jacks. They did it a few years ago on Hobo Day, beating SDSU 10-7. I think there was a lot of criticism in that game of, you know, of Coach Stiglmeyer and how that uh, how he coached the game. Uh, Taron Christian in this one, though, 216 yards, four touchdowns. Dalton Douglas did throw the interception, so I apologize for getting those mixed around there. Uh, but Mangarelli, 20 attempts, 220 yards, two touchdowns. That's a clip of 11 yards a carry for those of you counting at home. So he was great. Mikey Daniels, 77 yards and a touchdown. Wallace, 53 yards. Uh, Christian didn't have to do much. And just on down the line here, it, it's just great to see what they're doing uh, in this game in particular. So that's huge. You know, the offensive line played very well. That's That can't be overstated. And the defense played extremely well as, as well. Helps when you're not on the field for... Uh, you know, for Helps when you're on the field for less than 20 minutes, but certainly that's that's big for SDSU. They answered the bell uh, after that bad performance when they were on the field for over three quarters against Youngstown State. So this hopefully they just need to go in each and every week, and it's it's honestly an offensive and defensive line, the battle in the trenches. That's the key for the Jackrabbits. They got to be able to get a good pass rush. On you know on defense and on offense, open up some holes for Mangarelli. You know, give Christian plenty of time. Do that, Jackrabbits will succeed. So it was very nice though to see SDSU come through and just dominate Southern Illinois. And I I fully expect uh, them to beat Northern Iowa this weekend. Again, Northern Iowa is not nearly as good of a team as they have been in years past. Uh, we're not necessarily accustomed to seeing this from Northern Iowa. It's weird because they aren't even one of the top four best teams in the Missouri Valley. I mean, there are maybe five, six. I mean, Illinois State, you got Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is a pretty good squad. I mean, it. what? It's just so weird that Northern Iowa isn't nearly what they are. Having said that, they could still be a dangerous football team. I don't see any reason why you should doubt them. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting uh, game here. I mean, it, 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 we'll look back at the Missouri Valley here, but uh, you know, enjoy the festivities uh, associated with Hobo Day. Of course, the parade. Uh, Brookings is going to be jam-packed with plenty of people coming back. I unfortunately am not coming back this week. I do hope to get down to a Hobo Day here at some point, but... Uh, Absolutely enjoy the week, enjoy the weekend, the, the festivities and everything, and hopefully SDSU can come through with a victory. 
here against Northern Iowa, but in, in, an incredible, impressive performance against Southern Illinois, and we'll see what the Jackrabbits can do here going forward. Looking at uh, the rest of what happened in uh, the Missouri Valley here uh, last week, it was... Uh, I mentioned it before that Youngstown State and South Dakota and USD, but that was going to be the game of the week, and it certainly lived up to the hype. USD beats Youngstown State 31-28. to Absolutely phenomenal day. They kicked a late field goal to beat Youngstown State, but that's a huge win for USD, who's shaping up to be one of the best teams in the country right now, and certainly have to consider them right now five and zero. You have a win over Bowling Green and stuff. The best team in the in South Dakota. I, I, that's a shame to say, but. When it's all said and done, SDSU, I think, will lay claim to that. But other scores around. This game, though, was just phenomenal against against USD. You know, back and forth. Actually, USD got to, uh, they had a 28-14 lead, and then Youngstown State stormed back, tied the game up with under four minutes to go. That late field goal by USD gave them the 31-28 victory. But, I mean, Strebler... Chris Traveler has been outstanding. 360 yards through the year, added an additional 48 on the ground. He's the real deal, and his wide receivers are certainly helping him. How about Shamar Jackson? 229 yards receiving. That is absolutely incredible. This USD team is really tough to beat, uh, and they, they look like they're the real deal this year. North Dakota State, they pummeled Indiana State 52 to nothing. North Dakota State 5 and 0. Indiana State 0 and 5. Complete mismatch here, but North Dakota State's defense is playing outstanding football right now. I offense sure yeah, I mean they're getting plenty from their running backs. Easton Six doing enough not to lose games. He just he's just average, but that defense, wow. Uh definitely watch out there. Western Illinois takes down Northern Iowa 38 to 29. Uh Western Illinois very good this year. Uh they it was close throughout and uh, fortunately for Western Illinois, they got the deal done. A high scoring fourth quarter, 35 points total in the quarter. Uh I mean Northern Iowa had a 14-5 lead at the half. Uh, things were going good for them. Western Illinois came back, took a 25-14 lead. Northern Iowa stormed back with two touchdowns of their own. Western Illinois then would score the final two touchdowns, but absolutely crazy game there. Western Illinois proves to 4-1. and one. Northern Iowa 2-3. and three. The only other game, Illinois State suffers their first loss against Northern Arizona non-conference action. They played against the Big Sky in Northern Arizona crushed Illinois State 37-16 so that's uh, maybe something to look at here going forward how good is Illinois State as we look to this week though uh, we got plenty of action here get this up there we go yep Uh, Indiana State at USD 2pm Central Time in Vermilion. this is a game that USD is going to win easily over the Sycamores. Indiana State's just not very good. Northern Iowa at SDSU, of course, 2 p.m. Central Time on 
if you watch on Midco Sportsnet 2, that's great. That's where it'll be on. But Hobo Day action there, Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in Brookings. Missouri State at Western Illinois, 3 p.m. is kickoff time there. Uh, again, in Macomb, Illinois. Western Illinois, I think, should win this game fairly easily. They are looking very good. Game of the week, again, surprise, surprise. It involves, well, normally that would mean USD or uh, North Dakota State. Well, it does involve North Dakota State, but it also involves Youngstown State. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central Time. Youngstown, Ohio. North Dakota State at Youngstown State. Remember a couple years ago, Bo Pelini and, and the Penguins, they had North Dakota State on the ropes. They were going to beat them, and then Bo Pelini just lost his mind on the sideline. A couple of personal, uh, like, unsportsmanlike conducts. Kept giving the, the bison yards. I mean, he just went berserk. I, I can't imagine that he'll do that again this year. Youngstown State played it very tough with USD. Wonder if, how that's going to factor into this here. I think Youngstown State is going to give North Dakota State all they can handle, and I think I will give them. I, I, I seriously think that this is a coin flip game. Youngstown State is that good. Uh, they're that good for a reason. Uh, I think they give North Dakota State all they can handle in this one, so it should be a good game. And then Illinois State at Southern Illinois, 2 p.m. is kickoff there from Carbondale. Illinois. So that's a look at the Missouri Valley this week. Uh, should be another great slate of action here. The Jackrabbits, all you have to do, beat Northern Iowa, go 1-0 each week. That's the mantra of the team. That's the mantra of head coach John Stegelmeyer. We'll see if they can do that this weekend. 2 p.m. kickoff there at the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in Brookings, of course, for Hobo Day. So it should be a great time, festive for all. Coming up next, though, we'll get Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader to uh, discuss this game, look back at Southern Illinois, and uh, see where the Jacks are headed here going forward. You're listening to the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, please be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader, here kind of uh, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us to talk uh, SDSU as Hobo Day is here. Matt, how are we doing? Pretty good, Nate. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, before we get into Hobo Day, and even last week, uh, just a quick question on uh, the game two weeks ago against Youngstown State. This was kind of the litmus test for SCSU uh, to see where they were at, and and just kind of following the game and just seeing how Youngstown State was able to run it down SDSU's throat for the most part and then also have over 45 minutes, three full quarters of the time of possession there. Uh, what was what is the cause, level of cause for concern after that game? And maybe they answered it with how they played against Southern Illinois. But um, what what was your takeaway? What do what do the Jackrabbits need to do better after that one? Well, I think the best way to put it is that game was alarming. Uh, I don't think it's the kind of game that you necessarily have to uh, you know stop, uh, you know panic necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it but it definitely made you go, geez, maybe these guys aren't as good as they thought they were, at least right now. Um, because like you said, that game absolutely was a, a litmus test. They hadn't really shown us a whole lot in the non-conference season. And, you know, you don't want to be too nitpicky of a team that's 3-0. and mm-hmm. uh, so, so even though the Jacks didn't look very good in non-conference, you kind of took their word for it when they said, hey, don't worry about it, it's just non-conference game. All we care about is being 3-0, and we're going to be fine. You take them at their word on that because they're 3-0. and uh, but then you get into the first uh, Valley game, and granted, it's on the road against a top-five team. <laughs> top-five right. teams usually win at home. 
Yep. Um, but I don't I don't think it's the fact that they lost that game. It was the fact that they really got dominated. The final score was nineteen to seven, but it was not nearly that close. It probably should have been more like thirty four to seven. Right. Um, so. You know, everyone walked away from that game going, geez, what's going on here? Uh, maybe these guys aren't that good. Maybe we were right to not be impressed by what they did in the non-conference season. Um, the good news is, like you said, they bounced back in absolutely the way you would want them to against Southern Illinois. Uh, I think the Salukis are a pretty decent team. The Jacks uh, outclassed them severely, really blew them out. And that's exactly what you want to do. Uh, and all the players kind of admitted, uh, if not the week after the Youngstown game, certainly the week after this game that yeah you know maybe we got a little comfortable maybe we relaxed a little bit maybe we uh, thought that we could get by with not putting the pedal to the metal every week or whatever cliche you want to use mm-hmm. and uh, Young- Youngstown made them pay for it and uh, you know it is just one loss and like I said it's a game they could have lost anyway even if they had played well yes. so um, you know going forward I think all of their goals are still in front of them uh, but obviously the margin for error is smaller Mm-hmm. And uh, they've still got a ton of challenging games on their schedule, uh, not the least of which are North Dakota State and South Dakota. So yes. um, all those goals they talked about before the season, a top four seed winning the conference, they can still do those things, uh, but it's going to be really, really hard. And the lesson I think they learned is that if they don't play anything less than 110%, again, to use all those cliches, mm-hmm. um, they're going to get beat a couple more times and, and have a really tough time uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, the margin for error is essentially none right now because you do have the tough tests against North Dakota State and USD coming up. And that was actually the first thought that I had right after Youngstown State uh, beat the Jacks is, you know, North Dakota State can run it as well as anyone in the conference, maybe even better than Youngstown State. So that's certainly a cause for concern for SDSU. But I did like the way the defense bounced back. Uh, you know, Brady Mangarelli had an absolutely phenomenal day rushing the football. Um, I'm sure that was something that they wanted to get established and show that they are more than just Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicke. Um But in in saying that they were getting comfortable, and I'm sure there's really no easy answer for this. How do how will they make sure? How will they try and attempt to make? so that they aren't in this comfort zone or feeling comfortable and really put that pedal to the metal um, each and every game here going forward. Well, I, I, I talked about that with a couple guys at practice yesterday, and, and one thing that I think it was Eric Kleinschmidt said to me was they have to start treating every practice like it's a game. Uh, and I think that makes sense, being that, you know, uh, when those ones go against the ones in practice, both sides are getting a good look, certainly, because there's a lot of talent on that team. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think they have to kind of balance a fine line between you can't get caught up in understanding how how d- difficult the task really is. They know from a long-term standpoint that they're going to be facing an incredibly challenging game every week. And if you kind of think about it that way, like, oh, geez, how are we going to go 9-2 and two or 10-1 and one when we still got to play West Illinois and Illinois State and NDSU and USD? So they really have to, as much as everyone in the world is sick of that whole 1-0 and each week, uh, mm-hmm. cliche that's really what they have to do is make sure that every single week all they're thinking about is who they're playing that week and i'm not saying that they didn't do that against youngstown state that they were looking ahead necessarily i think maybe they just kind of forgot uh how good you got to be every week and uh, if there's any positive that can come from it it's that they got that reminder and uh you know whether you want to call it a wake-up call or or any of those kinds of things uh that's what it was for them 
and uh, they're going to understand going forward that they, they if they do that anything if they're even remotely uh, in that situation again, they're going to get beat again. Yeah, and maybe poor Southern Illinois was the recipient of the Jackrabbits getting their focus back. What was the most impressive thing that you took away from Saturday? Um, I certainly thought, uh, I mean, defense or Mangarelli rushing for over 200 yards, you could certainly say either one of those, or was there something else that you were just came away with and saying, wow, uh, this is exactly what the Jackrabbits needed. Well, it was, and it was a complete team effort. They were good in all three phases. Uh, I think if I had to pick one, I, I think I'd go with the running game uh, because I, you know, and, and I hate to disagree with SDSU's coaches because they're smarter than I am, obviously, but I thought they were a little bit too uh, easy on the offense after the Youngstown State game. You know, I, I, Granted, they only were on the field for 37 plays. They actually averaged more yards per play in that game than Youngstown did. And so Stig was really kind of like, hey, I'm not mad at the offense. They weren't on the field enough to really evaluate him. I get what he's saying, mm-hmm. but they had opportunities. You know, the defense got off to a terrible start, and it looked like they weren't going to be able to stop anybody. Uh, but then through the second and third quarters, they stiffened up a little bit, made a few stops in a row. That's when the offense needs to pick you up, yep. especially an offense that's supposed to be the best offense in the country. You know, this is supposed to be a 40 points a game kind of unit. And uh, they get a safety off a, a turnover. You know, defense makes a big play, gets a turnover in the end zone. They get nailed for a safety right away on the first play. Uh, you know, second half, they, they had a couple three. Uh, granted, again, they only had the ball a couple times. But, hey, you know, it's on you at that point to make something happen. Yep. And they couldn't do it. And part of the reason they couldn't do it is because they had no running game to speak of. And even that, I think, was in some ways related to the play calling. Uh, Stig kind of admitted that maybe they got a little bit panicky with their play calling and and uh, tried to force some things. Uh, they didn't do that, obviously, against Southern Illinois, and it, it helps when you <laughs> take an early lead. Uh, but to see them run the ball the way they did, you know, Mangarelli had 220 yards. But he didn't have, you know, it's not like he had a couple of 80-yard runs. He mm-hmm. was just gouging them the whole game, 30, 20, 15, 12, 7, 12, you know, these long runs with big holes, and, and he ran extremely well. Mikey Daniel had 77 yards. Isaac Wallace had 53 yards. That was really impressive, and I think uh, it reminded them that, you know, that offensive line is pretty good when it's going good. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they can run the ball like that, it'll make things a lot easier because – they didn't even have Jake in Dallas for most of the game, and they still put up 600 yards and 50 points. Yeah, what's the what's the level of concern injury-wise for those two? Wernicke's fine. Uh, Goddard, originally they were saying, yeah, we're not too worried about it, but it actually sounds like he was really sore uh, in the couple of days after the game. Uh, he's been a little bit limited in practice, and I still think he's probably going to play, uh, but it's a little less certain than they sounded like it was uh, after the game. Uh, so the Jackrabbits beat Southern Illinois 49-14. to Hobo Day this week against Northern Iowa. Uh, Northern Iowa does not seem like they're nearly as good as they have been in previous years, uh, but yet this is still a team that can come in to uh, Brookings. I think they, I mean, they beat SDSU 10-7 to on Hobo Day a few years back, so it's certainly not a, a team to take lightly, but... Uh, Having said that, I, I kind of, regardless, I think if, if even Goddard doesn't play, I still expect that SDSU should come away with victory here. Yeah, I think at home they're at least two score favorites in this one. Uh, I, I thought you and I might lose to Southern Illinois a couple weeks ago. Uh, they held on to beat them by seven, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, then got beat by Western in their homecoming last week. Uh, they're a little bit different than what we're used to when you hear the words Northern Iowa. You know, usually when you hear Northern Iowa, you're thinking, uh, really physical, dominant defense, uh, and a kind of a pounded out 
running game led offense and they haven't been that this year they throw it about 70 percent of the time they only average like 80 rushing yards a game uh, and their defense has been average at best so uh this i agree with you i think whether dallas plays or not uh this is a game where the jacks should be able to assert their control and win comfortably um but again you know whether it's the youngstown state game from two weeks ago or the northern iowa game for two from two years ago um the jacks have uh, plenty of examples that they can look to where you know they should have won and winning would have made a big difference in their season and they didn't uh so that i think gives them all the impetus they need to make sure that they're at their best this week and and don't take the panthers lightly and go out and do the same thing to them that they did to the salukis last week great uh that zimmer from the argus leader joining us here on the sports block podcast SEC jack rabbit edition a couple quickies to close here for you um house i mean usd is obviously very good strevler has been an amazing quarterback for him they beat youngstown state in what in the game of the week uh, as far as i'm concerned in the missouri valley and i i was thinking that going into it and it certainly lived up to the expectations but just how seriously should uh teams not even in the missouri valley but fcs in general take usd well i think you have to take them pretty seriously i mean they've now granted a couple of their wins you know maybe look less impressive after the fact. You know, North Dakota was supposed to be a game of the week kind of big deal, and, and now that, that looks like maybe it wasn't such a big deal. Uh, you know, Bowling Green, they're not very good, but geez, they're still a bowl-eligible school, and, and yep. Coyotes won that game pretty convincingly. Uh, and Youngstown State, you know, they Coyotes did a lot of things against the Penguins that the Jacks could not. It was at home, uh, and plus they had just got a – you know, Youngstown probably got got their attention by what they did to the Jacks the week before. But uh, so, so it's a little bit hard to say. It's always difficult, you know, comparing scores and, and comparing resumes of different teams based on what they did to, to certain opponents. Uh, but the bottom line is right now, USD has earned the title of they're the best team in the state right now. And they're undefeated. Yep. And they passed every single test. And uh, they, they, then they passed the eyeball test, too. You know, it's not just that they're winning in the in the – in the box score, I mean, you watch them play, and they're, they're obviously got a lot of confidence. Uh, they seem to be a little bit more balanced on offense, and they were already pretty good last year. Uh, defensively, they've obviously made tremendous strides because that was the big deal last year. They couldn't stop anybody. Now this year, they're much, much better. Uh, I think there's a really good chance. The way their schedule plays out, they end with the Bison and the Jacks back-to-back. Uh, but I think there's a really good chance they'll be 9-0 and going into those last two games. Wow. And, and if that's the case, you know, they're going to still be ranked – two, three, fourth in the nation, something like that, and the pressure's going to be on uh, them and NDS. I mean, we're shaping up for a tremendous finish here. I think you've got, between the Bison, uh, the Coyotes, the Jacks, and Youngstown, you got four teams there that all are probably national championship contenders and are all going to want to be in the mix uh, for that top four seed. Uh, but they're not going to give four top, the top four seats to four Valley teams uh, with James Madison and some of those other teams out there. So, uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of pressure on those Valley teams down the stretch. Well, don't worry. They'll just throw three of the four teams in that one region. In the same so, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, that's not going to change at all regardless of what happens, unfortunately. Hopefully, the NCAA proves us wrong. But then, uh, last question I have uh, – and maybe you had mentioned this and I just missed it, but uh, given what's gone on in college basketball with the whole recent scandal and the assistant coaches and stuff, have you spoken with anyone from the the Jackrabbits program? Uh, Is there any cause for concern that fans should have regarding uh, SDSU? Or, I mean, is this more like big program related? Um, I'm sure just as as, uh, connected, 
as TJ Otzelberger is, he probably has relationships with some people that have uh, been roped into this thing. Uh, but the Jacks aren't an Adidas school, for one. Yep. Um, they're, they're an Under Armour school. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I certainly don't think that they're in that stratosphere. Um, I think the biggest thing, I have had a couple conversations with some people within the coaching staff and around the program. And I think uh, the attitude from the mid-major standpoint and maybe even some of the lesser power schools and certainly the Division II schools and below are, they're just kind of looking at it with a lot of curiosity, a lot like a lot like we are as fans. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of saying, geez, how deep is this going to go uh, and what's the fallout going to be? You know, um, just look at it from an SDSU standpoint. Um, if, if a bunch of the Power 5 schools all get hit with sanctions or, or, or coaches get fired or they get banned from postseason play, you know, could that affect the Summit League? Uh, could, could enough teams get banned from postseason play that maybe the Summit League gets more uh, NCAA tournament berths? Yeah. Um, could, uh, could enough coaches get fired uh, that grad transfers suddenly looks less attractive to mid-major players like a, like a Mike Dom or a Matt Mooney or sure. uh, John Concher, that kind of thing? Uh, those are all, you know, I'll admit, kind of pie-in-the-sky hypotheticals. Right. Uh, but, but, but I think those are all the kinds of things that people are kind of wondering, looking at this, is going, well, you know, if it, if it ends up being not much more than what we've already seen, you know, just Rick Pitino and some of the other big, big, big schools and big, big-name people being affected, then it probably doesn't change a lot. Uh, but we keep hearing all these rumors about how, oh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, if that's true, and this ends up affecting a tremendous amount of other of other programs who knows how how deep it could go and how big the fallout could be and i think it's an important distinction right now that you noted that sdsu is an under armor school versus adidas but we don't know if there are other schools like the nikes and and under armors that may be implicated here at some point but uh something to keep an eye on for sure matt appreciate the time as always enjoy the game on saturday the hobo day festivities and uh hopefully we'll talk next week Thanks, Nate. See you. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us here. Always appreciate his insight. You hear it. Yeah, SDSU answered after that bad loss to Youngstown State uh, this last week with the game against Southern Illinois, but the Valley is difficult. It's so deep, and especially with USD coming up, uh, uh, rising up the ranks very quickly. Be curious to see what happens. SDSU is going to have to play stellar the rest of the way here and it uh you know keeps going with northern iowa on hobo day 2 p.m kickoff at the dana j dykehouse stadium in brookings we'll finish uh the podcast as we always do with a look around what's going on in the world of sdsu sports it's coming up uh right here on the sports block podcast sdsu jackrabbit edition Let's wrap up this uh, Sports Block Podcast SDSU Jackrabbit Edition for this week by taking a look at what's going on in the world of SDSU sports for this week of October, what are we looking at here, the 9th through the 15th. Men's and women's cross country, two different meets this week. Uh, some will be at the pre-nationals in uh, the pre-national invitational in Louisville, Kentucky. Men have a 9 a.m. start. Women have a 9.45 a.m. start. And uh, also the, they will be at the Ron Pin Open in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Women have a noon start. Men, 12.45. So good luck to the teams there uh, in the nationals. Uh, it's going to be 46 teams for the men, 43 for the women uh, at the Ron Pin Invitational, North Dakota, North Dakota State, Concordia, Manitoba, Trinity Bible College, all competing in this. So it should be a very in, uh, good week. Uh, cross-country team continues to dominate. So we'll see if that can 
continue this week. We'll go to tennis next, then uh, head to golf. For the uh, men and the women, they will be at respective invitationals here. I believe that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, The men will be, I believe it's in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, while the women are at Minneapolis. We'll get confirmation of that here. Uh, Let's see. And yes, men are in Minneapolis uh, it'll be Thursday, October 19th through Monday, October 23rd. So starting up next week here for them already. And as I, I am correct that the women are at the regionals in Lawrence, Kansas. Again, Thursday, October 19th through Monday, October 23rd. So good luck to both teams there. Uh, golf, their season rapidly winding down. I don't know if I mean if you're avid golfers, then you know that the season is uh, coming to a close here very quickly. But for the men, uh, uh, Alejandro Parizo tied for 28th at a meet in Tennessee. Uh, we'll get the the full results here. Uh, yep, at the Franklin American Mortgage Intercollegiate. In College Grove, Tennessee, it was hosted by Middle Tennessee State. Uh, so he did very good. He shot a final round 72, a, to- a three-round total of 223. Had seven birdies and an eagle throughout the tournament. So that was good for them. South Dakota State will play their final event October 29th and 30th at the Florida Gulf Coast University Classic in Estero, Florida. The Jackrabbits overall for the tournament finished 12th nine, with a 928 Georgia Tech. Shot a 12 under par, 8.52. So Georgia Tech, very strong in there. So, you know, see what happens there. And as for the women, they will be at the, uh, they were at the Ron Moore Women's Intercollegiate in Highland Ranch, Colorado last week. Uh, uh, Teresa Toscano finished tied for 15th, shooting a 2.16, three rounds of uh, 70, 76, 77. She had 11 birdies in there, so that was very good for her. Uh, they were seventh overall at the tournament, so not the first places that they had last year, but that's fine. They'll they'll come through here, no problem. I have a lot of confidence here in this golf team, but they will close the season October 22nd through the 24th at the 15th annual Las Vegas Collegiate Showdown, which is hosted by UNLV. So that'll come up here very quickly. What next Sunday through Tuesday? So definitely pay attention to that. Uh, we'll continue though with. The, the other three sports that are going on, Equestrian, they host uh, South Carolina Friday, 9 a.m., so you'll know the result of that uh, of that uh, meet against South Carolina by the time uh, you listen to this podcast. Also, Fresno, and then Fresno State will come to Brookings Saturday, October 21st, 9 a.m., and both of these are at the Dahan Equestrian Center. So if you have time, go out there, support the equestrian team. We'll see what they can do. Soccer, uh, hey, starting to roll here. They normally do this, but they're on a six-game unbeaten streak. Didn't say winning streak, unbeaten streak, because they had a couple of ties in there. Four-game win streak overall, though. They beat uh, Omaha last week in Brookings, one to nothing. Uh, let's see who got that lone goal for them. Jenny uh, uh, Skizlow. Scored her first goal of the season, giving SDSU a 1-0 win. They are at Western Illinois this Sunday at 1 p.m. in Macomb. So uh, hopefully the team can win there. You know, they 
they haven't had a whole lot. I mean, that's three meets and or three matches, excuse me, in two weeks, and then it starts to ratchet up again. Fort Wayne, Oral Roberts, South Dakota, North Dakota State before the Summit League tournament begins. That will be in Fargo, uh, November second, first semifinal there. So be interesting to see what happens there. I do recall them having it here last year and they were playing in practically an empty uh, stadium because NDSU lost. So, isn't that fun? But, as for the volleyball team, another tough week. They lost at Western Illinois last Friday, 3-2. to two. So, a heartbreaking loss for them. They will take on the University of South Dakota in Vermilion. 7 p.m. is the start time there on Friday. This Friday and then Saturday against Fort Wayne at Frost Arena in Brookings, 7 p.m. there. So after the the Hobo Day uh, football game, head on over, see what the volleyball team can do. And then next Tuesday, they're at North Dakota State, 7 p.m. is a start there. So a lot going on there overall, 2-16 and 16 on the year. Wrestling season uh, single session tickets are available now. Uh, you can go to gojax.com for all of the information. There single match wrestling tickets on sale October 16th. And basketball has revealed their TV schedule. We'll get into more of that as the season um, uh, draws near. But that is your look at the SDSU Sports Update. For more on all these stories, schedule, statistics, so much more, go to gojax.com. A lot of good, hardworking people at the Sports Information Department keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. Appreciate Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader for joining us for a few minutes. It's Hobo Day. Celebrate it, everyone. Great day to be a Jackrabbit. Great day to be a hobo. Any day is a great day to be a Jackrabbit. Let's be real here. But... You know, always beating North Dakota State or USD. That makes it even better. But anywho, enjoy the week. Enjoy all the festivities. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the parade. Enjoy everything about what makes Hobo Day great in for South Dakota State. We'll end it as we always do. Beat, beat, beat Northern Iowa, Jax. That's all I ask. Just beat them, no matter how it takes. If Goddard has to sit, that's okay. When he has to sit a little bit, that's fine. Put this game away long before then so they can rest up here and then start dominating the second half of this uh, conference play. But we will end the podcast, as we always do, with a go big, go blue, go Jacks. Talk to you next week here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, now available on iTunes by just searching the Sports Block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at NDStackin. Facebook, Nathan Stackin. Find it all there. Links posted to it every week. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Enjoy Hobo Day, everyone.